Welcome back to Since Nobody Asked. I'm Megan Keveny. Thanks so much for listening and happy Big Fuck Yeah Energy Monday. How are we doing, besties? How are we doing? Uh, Listen, let's jump right into some morning announcements. I never really went, Riker. You're going to drink water that loudly while we're recording? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I was planning on it. Um, if you hear little dog noises in the back, that is Rikens. So morning announcements. I never really went to an elementary school. I went to four or five because I moved a lot as a kid. Uh, I did not go to a school where students did the morning announcements. I was robbed of this opportunity in my life. Uh, it was like, a teacher or like a staff member at the school would read off the announcements. I would have really, really lived my best life with a microphone at age eight. Uh, But alas, here we are filling that void. Um, So a couple morning announcements here for the podcast. First of all, there's four episodes left of the season, this episode included. So here's the deal. I actually have two of them totally planned out. Like the finale is one of the ones I have really planned out. And then Riker, you got to stop your tap taps. She stopped. Every time she walks around, it's like just the tappiest. Are you done? <laughs> I really hope it's picking up all these taps. With your tap taps? Oh, yeah, with your tap taps. You hips. You're helping. Thank you so much. Four episodes left. Two of them are planned. Two of them are not. Um, so let me know what you actually want to hear for the end of season one. I'm going to take a little bit of a break and then pick back up for season two. I actually have more things planned for season two than I do for the last remaining episodes. Um, (laughs) so let me know what you want to hear. If you, uh, want, maybe if there's an issue that you have that you maybe want advice on, but you don't know how to go to your friends about it, or honestly, Way more than that, if you have an issue that you've just been running around in the same circle over and over again and like all your friends are like, okay, how are we doing? Like, are we we done with this? Like, we've all been there. We've all been that friend who is like, okay, we've all been that person who's like, I know that we've talked about this so many times, but I still don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, We've all been on both sides of that. It's human. It's all right. But if you really want to air this out with someone, uh, and I will totally, of course, we'll keep it very anonymous. We can keep certain details anonymous. Uh, let me know. Uh, hit me up. I will, of course, protect your anonymity. And I think that could be fun. So that's what we have two episodes, excuse me, four episodes left. Two are planned. Two are not. Again, with you, Dankums. Riker drinks her water so loudly. <laughs> it's okay. You can hydrate. She's looking at me like, it doesn't, I don't, I don't feel safe to hydrate in this environment. Um, second thing, this is kind of a random self plug, but also truly, I really can like help people out with this. So I wanted to announce this, I guess. I am an apartment locator. I live in Chicago, Illinois. I am from Dallas, Texas. I've lived there for years. I was an apartment locator for years in Dallas. I literally was doing that job before it was my job. Like I moved to uptown Dallas and I wanted all my friends. Like I literally got, had a job there in downtown and in my head, it felt like all my friends lived there and I didn't. And I don't, I don't even know how I thought that because as soon as I moved, I was like, wait, I don't really have friends here. (laughs) It like just felt like we would all see each other at the bars and I'm like, oh wait, they, no one else lives here either. We all just 
come to downtown and to uptown over the weekends. So then I was like, okay, guys, we all got to, we all got to get up here. So I moved a bunch of my friends up. I would literally go tour with them and be like, Hey, let's like look at this apartment. The leasing agents at certain properties knew me so well that they would be like, here, just take the keys. And I would tour people. I think I recently said this on another episode, but we're going to talk about it a fucking again because I officially have my Texas real estate license back. I have been doing some scheming over the past couple months and retaking classes and re um, instating my license and it's active again. So I'm kind of going to be going back and forth from Dallas a bit more. I've said this before. I will probably, I don't know. I really don't think I'll ever live in Texas again, but I really, I will own property in Texas as like a rental property or Airbnb or something way before I own property in the city that I live in, whether it's here or New York or Europe. I don't know, bitch. I'm fucking flingy as shit right now. Um, but like I do really like know Dallas incredibly well. Um, I'm on a team that's incredibly educated and kind of helping me learn a lot more about what's happened since I've moved and I'm going to be going back and forth and just really working with clients. I'm like, Hey, if you need an apartment, I really can help you figure out which one is the best one. I, when I interviewed for my first apartment locator job, I literally asked the interview, is this a scam? Like, I don't understand how this is free, but it is because the properties are like in such fierce competition with each other that they pay you. If you're like, yeah, you should live at this one. They're like, hey, thank you so much for telling them that. Here is a commission for you out of our marketing budget. So if you or anyone, if you live in the DFW area, um, I can kind of help with other areas in Texas, but I'm going to be honest, I'm not the best resource for other cities right now. I can refer you to people for Houston. I can refer you to people for San Antonio. Uh, but DFW is my fucking shit. So if you or someone you know is looking for an apartment, hit me up. I can help you out with that. A little bit of a self plug. Um, Riker, do you have anything else? Oh my God. The way that she just looked up at me like, well, who? Me? Uh, no. <laughs> Thank you so much with your tap taps. I've actually, I don't think I've recorded with Riker in the room before. You are tap taps the whole time. She gets so unnerved when I'm speaking because she thinks that I'm talking to her and she's like, oh yeah, no, I was, I was asleep in the closet, but I can absolutely, yeah, no, I can wake up. I can absolutely take notes. Uh-huh. And she thinks she has to sit here. She's sitting here looking up at me like I'm lost, but sure. <laughs> So thank you so much for help. Do you have anything else for morning announcements? Okay, great. Moving right ahead. Listen, I kind of had a revelation the other day about, I was watching Real Housewives of Orange County, as I do. I was revisiting season 10 for all my Bravo people out there. Um, the Heather Dubrow era, I find myself really attaching myself to. I look up to her so much and just really admire the way she communicates, the way she makes decisions, the way that she sets an example for her kids, uh, but not in a fucking obnoxious way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm this, so I'm going to do that for my daughter. It's like she really is the kind of role model that I would have looked up to as a kid and, and look up to very much now as an adult. Um, and Vicki Gunvalson is one of the housewives on there. And she's one of those people who treats. I had this moment where I was like, you see her interact with different people. They, they interact with people from all different walks of life, but you see small snippets of it. Like not her in particular, but you'll see a bunch of them interact with different store employees or drivers or um, people who are 
working for them or and then you see them so kind of people that like you get to see different power dynamics like when you can tell when a housewife feels more important than who they're speaking to and then you can also tell who when a housewife feels intimidated by the person they're speaking like if they feel threatened by the power someone else in the conversation holds and you can see them kind of shake underneath that I don't know maybe I'm just getting like way too stoned and watching this (laughs) and I'm like yo she seems like nervous in this conversation but she just really was very uppity to her driver and acted like she owned him (laughs) um I don't know I I like really watched their dynamics and just love to soak that shit up here's what I do when I get high I, first of all, like to get high with friends. I don't really get high. I don't get high my, by myself that often, but someone will be like, hey, do you want to smoke? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. We'll get high and I'll be really social for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, dude, you know what's crazy? Like very cliche talking about like, you know, what's wild and just like exploring topics with a person. And then we're like laughing, thinking about stuff that's crazy and being like, yeah, wait, that's crazy. Um, so I'll do a bunch of that cliche shit but then as soon as like 45 minutes to an hour hits unless I'm like romantically hanging out with that person like if it's a friend I'm like 45 minutes to an hour in I'm capped I'm like okay I need to be by myself right now (laughs) because I start thinking about all these crazy nostalgic movies I want to watch and what I always do though is I get snickum snacks on the way home and then I want to always watch Housewives, some crazy Housewives episode and be like, dude, this, this dinner party is crazy. (laughs) Like, I just love to psychoanalyze the motherfuck out of them. And then uh, it gets too much and too intense. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, way, (laughs) way too deep into this. Uh, And then I have to back it up and watch something slower. And then that's when I go into like a, literally the other day I watched um the chipmunk adventure around the world in 80 days I don't know what exact uh mix of nostalgia hit me at the right angle but I remembered that movie the other day and was like holy shit I need to watch that right now I'm pretty sure my computer is going to completely fall apart because of the website I watched it on it was the most virus laden website but I was like whatever I mean I'm just gonna hit play and see what happens (laughs) and I didn't hit any ads so I don't know it's still running but that's kind of my routine so I was in that routine the other day and I just noticed this this one housewife Vicky Gunvalson really annoys the bejesus out of me um because her I think something that I've realized about myself is that there is Nothing triggers me more, this is a personal thing, but nothing triggers me more deeply than an abuse of power. Um, You know, I actually meant to, I didn't even plan this in the episode, but I did actually mean quick sideswipe to talk about the Texas abortion laws that just got passed this week Um, because that, I've had a hard time articulating to people I care about, like why, like someone was sent, we were sending each other DMs back and forth about it. Like I finally faced it and was like, cause I saw some ramblings about it online and I was like, there's no way that's going to pass. Like that's ridiculous. A six week heartbeat law is so asinine. Um, as I know this is probably common knowledge at this point, but just in case you don't fucking know, um, most women do not even know they're pregnant at six weeks. Um, it just really, 
blows it blew my mind when i saw it and i was like there's no way that's gonna pass and so i didn't really stress that much about it and then i started seeing it roll in that it had passed and i was like there's no way that's real <laughs> and i ignored it for like a whole day and then enough like people uh one of my guy friends posted about it and i was like honestly and i reposted it because he's like listen all these people who literally said my body my choice and it was like there was a fox news segment with tucker carlson that human dildo who was like um it should not be controversial to make an informed decision about your body and that was about fucking masks and i was like um someone tweeted they're like yeah new planned parenthood commercial just dropped i was like god damn how the fuck is this real the whole time people have been bitching about masks i've always thought about abortion i'm like but why is a way more invasive thing not up to women to decide? Um, and that just made me fucking crazy. And I was like, why is this like, I had to get to a point where like one of my friends and I, we were DMing, DMing back and forth. She kept sending me articles. I was like, dude, like Texas really frustrates me. I cannot believe that is real. And she was like, also talking about how much certain southern states and their laws can really frustrate her and she kind of started like sending me a bunch of different things all at once and I was like got overwhelmed I was like dude I actually like don't even really want to I have to stop this conversation like I was like starting to notice again because of my months and months literally almost a year of therapy that I've been doing on figuring out why I completely have emotional blackouts and like really numb myself out um and just like start to make decisions that are outside of like who I am um and I'm really trying to get to the root of that. A lot of my coping mechanisms and some of my stress responses are just really not serving me anymore. And so I've done a lot of work to uncover like, okay, what is triggering me? Why does this hit me in such a hard angle? When did this start? You know, all that kind of stuff. And it's been so much harder than it sounds. Like literally sometimes when I'm like, I'll freeze. It's so fucking bananas when my therapist and I are talking and she'll notice she's like, like, I'll even do something with my hand where I'll like put it over my neck or like cross my arm over my whole body while I talk. And she's like, do you feel like you're kind of tensing up or like closing off from this conversation? Or I'll just completely shut down to the point where I'm like, I will be speaking. And like, I'm kind of like an absent minded, like, like I'll be talking and be like, wait, what was I saying? But it gets so deep to where I'm like, I actually can't remember what I said, like, four seconds ago like what were we what are we talking about I will just like totally black out from the moment it's bizarre I had no idea how deeply I like just like snap out of moments a lot anyways um so I'm learning so much and it's been the most transformative work of my life but because of all that work I'm like okay why am I having a hard time having these conversations like this girl was sending me like memes about the Texas like making fun of how fucking bogus the law is but I was like dude I like I'm getting activated right now. Like it really is just like a fucking lot. All that to say, it just, I've not been able to exactly, it's taken a lot of work to figure out the root of a lot of my triggers because it's buried under a lot of stuff. But truly the abuse of power is my deepest trigger that I can even imagine. Um, and so the way that it, presents itself in this frustration is like the gaslighting. I mean, God, I know that's such a fucking buzzword. So work with me here. But that is gaslighting to say like, oh, like masks are it's my choice. And yes, you can come at me sideways and say like, but abortion is killing people. It's fucking awesome. So is not wearing a fucking mask. Like 
it's not it's just we don't have enough research on it yet you fucking twat but where like it's like obviously we're past the mask stage and that's amazing i actually can't even believe that the mask thing is that the cdc says we don't have to wear them anymore it's just wild like I was talking to friends about it the other day and I was like, the news dropped that it's like, you do not, if you're vaccinated, you do not have to wear a mask indoors anymore. And I was like, huh, okay, like whatever. And it took me again, a full day to be like, wait, what? Like people started posting like, dude, oh my God, we're, it's, it's here summer. Like we can do it. We're free, blah. Like, and I was like, I guess that is like pretty big news. I didn't, I read it and it didn't even penetrate my brain that this was kind of just like a huge moment. Um, and, you know, like every there was a gay club here in Chicago in Boys Town where you had to show your vaccination card at the door. And I saw videos of it. It was completely packed with shirtless men. I was like, wow, living vibes. I was so sad that I was at work and couldn't go. But I was like, shot. I was like, wait, is that? And there's plenty. And then another bar in Old Town, like they had no mask. One of my friends works at a bar in Old Town and he was like, okay, basically I came to work to Tao. <laughs> Didn't know that my job turned into Tao overnight, um, which is Tao is the largest hospitality company in the world. Um, thank you so much. I did not know what Tao was until I moved here because I was a loser. Um, but like, it's just, it has not hit me yet. Because I still have to wear masks at my job at the bar I work at. And I don't know. It, it's like hitting me in waves. Um, anyways, the, the Texas abortion ban also hit me in waves. And I, like the more people posted about it. You know what? I even found myself, my straight guy friend, who's like, you know, independent of that. I completely respect his opinion on many different parts of life. He's a good friend of mine. And, you know, it's not like because he's a straight white man. is that, But like, you know, whatever. But. I felt more confident posting his opinion about it and like his statements about it than mine. And I realized that deep down, I feel crazy. If I'm, if I would have like kind of gone on my own rant separate of what he said, like it, it felt, I felt more confident standing on the backs of his words. And that's, a, that's a me thing. That's like, a have internalized um, that insecurity for sure. That's not anyone. It's like, I noticed that, though, that I was like, that feels more comfortable posting other people's words about it because I could not even fucking get myself to, like, verbalize. I was like, Jesus Christ, that is so to A, the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy of it with the mask, anti-maskers, that makes me absolutely fucking batshit upside down crazy. But then also it just is this such an abuse of power in the name of saying they're being so heroic and saying like we're saving so many lives and blah 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 and how little they care about a child as soon as they are born and um you know there's a lot that goes with it but to me that the thing that I take home from reading all of that is like it's one more way for the these states and their governments to just have their fucking foot on women's necks. Like, just a reminder, you exist under our fucking thumb. 
Like, just in case you forgot. That is how reading about that felt. And the implications of that go so much deeper than like, listen, I know a common argument is like, if you don't believe in abortion, great, then don't have one. It, true, that literally that. It's, it's not your decision if your neighbor or if someone that you've never fucking met down the street or on the other side of town or somewhere in your state has an abortion. That's an incredibly personal decision. Um, but at the same time, it just goes to show how wildly different men and women are treated on this issue because this is not an original thought. I mean, this is obviously something I've read, but it's like the government could say, okay, yeah, every single man is going to get a vasectomy at this age. Um, and then they're get, uh, whenever they're able to have a child and they feel ready for that, then you know, you, we could control men's ability to get people pregnant but we control women instead. And that communicates such a message that you are such a controllable variable in the scheme of all of this, when really the fact that women can, with the help of men, with the help of sperm, create a child in their body and grow a human being is such a powerful ability. And to muffle that with a government trying to put conditions on such a thing when they are doing no such thing to the opposite sex, the opposite party in the matter is fucking backwards. Um, It's the reason that women have to fight so much harder to be heard. It is the way it, it, it trickles down so much deeper than just abortions. Listen, you could never have to make that decision in your life and still be completely affected by this law. The way that that communicates to women, you are less capable of making a decision about your body than the government is, sinks its teeth into the things that women are able to do, the things that women believe they are able to do, and the way that other people believe they can stomp on what you believe you can do, and that they can stomp on your ability and your right to do what you want to do with your life. It is really not just about abortion. Um, It is about woman's right to choose anything. If you think this is just about whether or not you want to get an abortion, you are not paying attention. I fucking promise you that. I don't even really, like I said, I feel nervous even talking about this because it's it's such an internalized process. And I, I, I don't actually really want to be super victim-y about like how hard this is or like to hear it. It's just... I want to be honest that it, it triggers me a lot. And that's why, because it's such a, um, it, it really is eye opening that they're like, no, no, no. Yeah. You can fr- fly and be free and whatever. And just, just only in this cage and the cage keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, women keep getting closer and closer to equality. Um, but it's just, it, if there's a cage at all, if there's any barriers to it, um, it, it's that men are not also subject to is the thing. Uh, it's not like, you know, women can go fucking, I fucking hate this argument. This is a, the black and white uh, right versus wrong argument kind of shit that I used to battle in churches growing up, to be honest, where it's like, oh, well, if we just let uh, gay people, if we just let them get married, then then as what? Is everything just going to be legal? Can anyone just kill someone and they just everyone can do what they want? I'm like, what a fucking ass backwards. I cannot stop saying ass backwards, but this just makes me lose my wits about me because <laughs> it makes me so it makes me feel 
so powerless. And when I'm locked out of my power, I'm just not myself. Um, so it, it is a process to learn how to step into your power. And when people keep stomping on your power, um, it, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to come up for air. So that's just my small bit about that. I, I, I honestly wish that I could be more articulated about it. But this is what I've got for right now. That's my kind of raw reaction to how heavy it's been reading about that this week. Um, just how blatantly the government is making decisions for other people's bodies that exist completely outside of the realm of what their scope should even cover. So that has me a little angry spice um, bit there. You know, and it's funny, I have a different angry spice bit planned for later in the episode. So this might be kind of a nasty woman episode and I kind of am really fucking here for that uh bringing some nasty woman e uh, energy into this Monday for you gonna scoot a little bit to the left here and go back to what I was originally talking about because this makes my veins cross into loops and pretzels um I honestly think I will pop a fucking blood vessel in my face if I keep talking about it because it makes me very frustrated um moving forward <laughs> moving backward to what uh, we originally talked about which is comical the transitions we're going through here um vicky gunvalson on real housewives of orange county so listen you watch all these housewives and it's just wild you see these women be launched andy cohen said this on the 100th episode special i'm paraphrasing but he was saying you see them be launched into almost overnight fame uh in their communities especially because then if your exact city that you live in. I'm literally still kind of um, fighting for my words here. Gosh, that just muddled my brain how frustrated I am over the Texas stuff. Um, but especially if your city is on TV, like Real Housewives of your city, you better fucking bet a lot of people in that city are going to be watching it. And so you see them around town. You, you can tell there's like a sense of power that they feel because they're now famous, you know, like Bravo reality TV famous which in my opinion is the highest level of fame that there ever is. I would never, there are like major celebrities that I could meet and be so much more unfazed than meeting like at least a dozen Bravo celebrities. Anyways, so like I would be more starstruck by meeting Tom Sandoval than I ever would by meeting literally like Brad Pitt. Like, I still would be like, oh, wow, what the fuck? Like, that's, it would be surreal to see Brad Pitt in real life. I've heard he's actually very tall. But if I saw Tom Sandoval, I would like, <laughs> I, I think that an organ of my body would fall out. And I would be, I would hopefully be cool. But and I've been cool before. I've talked a few times about different Brad celebrities that I've met in real life. And I played it cool all but one time when I met Tinsley Mortimer for the second time and freaked out and gasped so loud that she turned from her dinner that I interrupted. Um, <laughs> she laughed, I think, with me. I stand by that. I think we laughed together over it, but she could have very well been laughing at me. Moving forward, um, Bravo Liberties. So they're, they're, they're placed into this fame very overnight, and you can tell which ones really internalize that fame and think that they, it gives them a lot more power than it does. And I just really pay attention to the way that they treat people who either work for them or are being of service to them of any kind. Like, listen, I work at a neighborhood bar. I used to work at nightclubs 
and now I work at a neighborhood bar. Um, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't say it's a dive bar. I don't know how to describe it, but almost divey, but it's like a really big bar that's been around for like a long time. And it's almost would feel like an insult to call it a dive um, because it's like a great, not grimy, just, just a great bar. I, there is such a huge difference in the way that my tables treat me than when I used to work in the nightclubs and like completely not to shit on the nightclubs I work for because it's not about the places I worked for. I think that the role of power or perceived power plays a big factor in the vibe of a bar. Like at the place I work, literally people come in and they treat me most of the time, again, with your dankums. <laughs> They treat me like we're buds most of the time. At the nightclub, when I was a bottle server, people, not always, but more than not, would treat me like they owned me for that evening. They would treat a lot of us like, hey, listen, it's a lot about flashing money, flashing what you have. Again, not everyone. I literally met some of the coolest, hardest working people when I was there. Um, There's definitely an essence of how much money do you have that you're trying to, you know, it's like, that's the whole bottle service, getting a table shtick is like, it's a status symbol. Um, and at the bar I work at, there's really nothing of the sort. It's incredibly chill. I wear hoodies, hats, and leggings and tennis shoes to this job is so great. Oh my God. Actually, someone tried to poach me from, I was like, had this huge table of 10 people and they were like, I was just like made them all the entire table laugh like almost right away. And I was like, oh, my God, cool. Love this. Love this energy. This table's going to love me and tip me well. And I came back with all their drinks and they were like, like, I just remembered everyone's drink. It was really complicated. I never, ever really write stuff down. I think of it as like a really big, fun mental game. Um, Really high stakes because I look like a fucking idiot if I forget something. But (laughs) I almost never do. I really I know that like waitressing is not like a major life skill, but I feel really proud of remembering three different tables of eight all of their drink orders and like and can I get a lemon with mine and she wants a lime with hers and then she wants three limes because Jessica hates tequila right but she insists on getting tequila sodas mm. so that's you know some of the banter back and forth but I really do feel like I'm like when I'm at the computer and I'm putting in all the drinks and there's two girls behind me waiting to put three tables of their orders in behind me. And I'm like, fuck, what was the last one? I can't remember if it was a blue moon or a Stella. But whenever I get it all right, I'm like, let's fucking go. So I come back out. I remember all their very complicated drink orders. And we're just having fun. And they said, honestly, can we poach you? And I go, wait, what? And they're like, we want to steal you. We're opening a bar down the street, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I thought y'all said, can you coach me? And I was like, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Again, whole table busted out in laughter. And I was like, I'm crushing this right now. Self-esteem is soaring. But they're opening like a fancy, fancy bar. And they were really like, seriously, like you should come work for us. Like you're so great. I hope you don't feel like we're being rude by asking you this. And I was like, honestly, I'm really into wearing hoodies to work. So like, I'm very flattered, but thank you so much. And I just, I swear they go, they kept complimenting me and they were like, you read our table so well. That is such an unteachable skill uh, to the level that you're able to do it. Honestly, I'm just gassing myself up here with this story. But I thought that was such an interesting comment because I was like, gosh, I don't even really. That's a great way to say it. But I do read a table really quickly. Like at the kind of bar I work at, I can tell a lot about that dynamic within seconds of them sitting down. I'm like, OK, this is a group of buddies that haven't seen each other since college. They're going to get after it. One of them is probably going through a breakup. Okay, this is a group of girls. 
they are here on a bachelorette party, but they're not wearing sashes, but they're all kind of angry at two of the girls on the end. And those two girls look like they don't want to be here at all. This is definitely a bachelorette party. Uh, okay, this group over here is some coworkers, and they've definitely been drinking at two other bars before this. One on the end is way too blacked out. One on the other end is going to dip out and not say goodbye to any of them. Like, like there's so many different dynamics that I can just, I relate to the dynamics that I see at this bar. I can sense them. But at a fancy place, or honestly, with bottle service and like tables and getting like all the status symbol kind of places um like listen I love like a fancy night out I I really do but I don't fully identify with it I identify with just going out and having a good time with a bunch of different groups of my friends so I can understand that those different dynamics but I do not identify with fancy I just I you know like fancy shit here and there but it's not something I feel fluent in. Like there are some people I, I know in the hospitality industry who are so, not that because you know fancy shit does not make you some pompous fucking asshole. That's just not my wheelhouse, I guess is a better way to say it. Cause it sounds like judgy. Like I'm like, well, I just don't get fancy stuff. Like I'm just like such a holistic, like really cool, fun, cool girl. I'm not. <laughs> um, I definitely have certain things that I'm a little, I'll say particular about, but fancy is not my wheelhouse. Fun is my wheelhouse. You know what? That's exactly the articulation that I was looking for there. Fun is my wheelhouse. And this bar I work at is fucking fun. I actually went to three different tables. Like one of these girls was like, Ugh, I don't want to do tequila shots because the whole table wanted to do tequila shots. And I was like, bitch, you think you can't do tequila shots? Let me fucking teach you something. She was like all of 23 years old. So adorable. They literally had, they showed up with two guys and then they were all doing a couple rounds of drinks and the guys left and then two other guys showed up like 20 minutes later. They were just like reserved. They just held the table and had a couple different groups of guys show up. I was like, you guys are running your life in a way that I love right now so much. <laughs> I was like, run that fucking game, bitch. So I loved them. And they were like young. And she was like, I just like, I hate tequila. And I was like, I feel like no one's taught you this yet. But have you ever heard of a pineapple back? And she was like, oh my God, no, that sounds disgusting. What is that? And I was like, no, 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 no. So I was like, just trust me. I went and got the five tequila shots and two pineapple backs. So I was like, you and your friend are going to do it. And because she literally for her drink, she's like, um, can I get a dirty Shirley Temple? And I was like, OK, you are going to love pineapple backs. <laughs> so for anyone out there who also doesn't feel like you can't take tequila shots, I was a huge tequila person when I was younger. And then I started I was just drinking like I could truly drink the cheapest tequila you could find and just shoot it back in a shot and be like, let's go. Like I was really into it. And then, you know, wouldn't you know it, did it a couple too many times and just the smell of it because I was just drinking the cheapest shit ever. And it was disgusting. And so I didn't drink tequila for like six years. I really was not a tequila person for a long time. I thought I would never do it again. But when I started working in the service industry again, some of my friends were like, okay, let's take shots. And it was always tequila. And I was like, oh God, do we have to do that? And they're like, bitch, you need to get over this. <laughs> so they taught me about pineapple backs. And now I'm teaching a couple tables at a time on each shift. And now I'm teaching all of you. So what you do is you can ask for, hey, can I get a tequila shot with a pineapple back? And a bartender will know to just give you a cup with a little bit of pineapple juice in it. Um, some people get a Sprite back. I don't think that's as effective. So like when people get vodka Sprites, I'm like, are you okay? Sprite, I don't think kills the taste of vodka whatsoever. I think it makes it worse. Vodka Fresca, which is hard to find, is it. Like vodka Fresca, I think is my favorite turn up cocktail 
that I know that I've ever encountered in my life. It just really kills the vodka taste in such a way. Oh my God. I used to have parties and serve vats of vodka fresca. Anyways, so a pineapple back is best, especially for tequila. So what you do is you take a little bit of pineapple juice, sip a little bit of pineapple juice, keep it in your mouth, put the tequila shot, the whole shot, bitch. It's like sushi. You can't break it up. Do not eat your sushi in two bites or it's just going to be a fucking mess. Same with this. Be a big girl. Take the whole thing, okay? (laughs) And so a little bit of pineapple juice in your mouth. Add the shot, swallow it, then immediately chase it with a pineapple juice. When I say it is delightful, oh my God. I, it's like the only, I don't really do shots that often anymore, but if I am that, I actually enjoy doing that. It's a rush. And then the pineapple kills the taste so quick that you're like, holy shit, bitch, that was smooth. Let's do another one. Also, if you're not drinking Casamigos, like we only have Casamigos and Don Julio at the bar I work at. And I think Don Julio is disgusting. Same with Patron. I don't like either of those. Like they're just so, I don't know how to describe, but I just, ooh, the taste. Like, I'll do it sometimes. But again, like I've said before, I'm moving more into a place where I really only drink things that I like. So I guess, actually, I really probably would not take a shot of Don Julio. It would it would have to be a certain type of day for me to take one. But Casamigos is way smoother. Oh, my fucking God, bitch. Speaking of which, this girl was like, there was this table. This, this group was cool. I was like, I, I liked all their outfits. Their energy towards me was really cool. Their energy towards each other. They just seemed like a great friend group. And I was like, dang, I would hang out with y'all. One of them was like, can I get a mezcal? Uh, what do you say? He said it's so cool. He's like, can I get a mezcal soda? But he said something else with it that was like, damn, you have a cool drink order. Like that's a cool go-to. Because we're such a straightforward bar that there is no... Someone ordered an Aperol spritz the other day. I was like, girl, you are at the wrong motherfucking place. Uh, and when girls are like, well, what should I have said? I'm like, I would really recommend the vodka soda. Again, said it before, house recipe. So he's, he had some great drink that had mezcal in it as his go-to. And I was like, dang, what a guy. And the girl was like, do you have spicy margaritas? Can you do that? And I was like, bitch, I fucking love a spicy margarita, but we cannot because they put like Tabasco in it. And I'm like, ooh, that is not it. It needs to be jalapenos or Thai chili peppers. I mean, or Serrano peppers muddled and I looked up and down and we do not have any I was like uh let me go next door and see if they have jalapenos and they didn't so I came back I was like okay hold my hand hold my hand we don't have jalapenos I'm so sorry I hyped up that spicy margarita for you but we can't do it she's like that's okay you know what I'll do a mezcal margarita I was like ooh, hold up simple enough in I you know in theory and I they made it for her and I did the little server like straw test where you stick a straw in and like have your finger to the top so then germ-free. You can try it by putting the straw then in your mouth. I could feel that drink turn into my entire personality. Like that, I went on a date on Tuesday. I don't even know if I have time in this episode to talk about. It was, I like went on social media. I was like, ah, my date was meh. And the next day I woke up and like called a friend about it. And I was like, as I was retelling it, I was like, this date was actually like DEFCON level five awful. (laughs) So I'll save it for next episode because I honestly have actually quite a bit left to cover. But I um, went on a date on Tuesday and it, oh my fucking God. If you like spicy margaritas, fucking switch it up because 
Every single bar or restaurant makes spicy margaritas different. I fucking hate when they add citrus to it. It's just, ugh, it's not my not my gig. But I think that a mezcal margarita is harder to mess up because it's just a simple margarita, but you add mezcal instead. Holy shit, it is so fucking good. So smoky. And let me tell you, I'm not even really a mezcal person. The first time I ever had mezcal was at a restaurant in Houston years ago. I was with Tyler, actually, and this really rowdy, really fun table behind us was like, hey, take shots of mezcal with us. And we did it with orange slices. And it literally tasted like motherfucking lighter fluid. Like I still, that shot haunts me to this day. I hated it so much. Um, And like, I didn't have any chaser in front of me. It was really just the orange slice. And I was like, oh my God. But so truly coming from someone who is not a mezcal bitch, mezcal magrits are it for the summer. Tell your friends, tell everybody, call your mother, call your father, call your grandparents, call everyone in your life. Mezcal margaritas are the new thing. Um, So Jesus Christ, the way that I have dilly dallied through this topic. Back to Vicki Gonvalson and the Real Housewives of Orange County. It's just wild watching them interact with servers or anyone who is of service to them. You can tell a lot about a person. I, I'm I am paraphrasing another quote that is very famous. Let me actually look it up real quick. Hold on. Okay, I looked up what I'm about to quote and I can't figure out who said this. But basically, watch how someone treats the waiter because it's exactly how they would treat you if you were in that position. Um, or watch how someone treats someone who works at the place you're getting your tires changed. Or wa- anyone who is of service to you. Really, it says a lot about someone. Like if you're rude to someone who is of service to you. And like there's a difference between being frustrated with something going wrong and being like, okay, <laughs> what the fuck? Or being like, you know, there's plenty of issues that come up. Um, but if you are waiving the fact that you have some sort of perceived power over them, I just think that that is like the biggest red flag deal breaker that I can think of. Um, it really does ultimately show that you think that you have a sense of entitlement because of your position in that dynamic. Um, again, this is something I'm really, I'm like deeply working on in therapy. So like, I understand this might be a bit of a deep take on a lot of everyday interactions, but for me, it really, and this can be a personal thing for me. I know a lot of people relate to this, but some people might not. It might be like, wow, this is not that fucking deep. Um, for me, it is um, because what you do with your power, whether it is real or perceived, I think is one of the biggest tells of who you are. And we, like, I have definitely been in a place, I've said this before, I think, like, I definitely grew up in really, really nice areas. And um, I was a fucking brat most of my life. It took a lot of time for me to unlearn habits such as like if someone does not speak English, being like, what? What do you? I can't understand you. Like, huh? And like making it their burden to make you understand what they're saying. It's like we're both citizens of the planet. You can both work together on like that. I will completely admit that is something I had to learn in my 20s of being like, yeah, that's actually kind of a dick thing to do of acting like you have a stance of power over someone just because you speak a native language and they don't. It's actually quite brave of them that they're building a life in a place where they don't speak the native language very well. That's actually brave. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so it's just something I've been paying a lot of attention to. And it's a big root issue for a lot of my insecurities of like, 
I'll be really feeling good about myself. And then there, <laughs> there's a guy I've mentioned on here. His name is Shoulders. He was like one of the biggest mind fuck situation, situation ships that I've had here in Chicago. And we literally live like technically two blocks, but they're two massive blocks. Like we really live in two different, technically different neighborhoods. We live on the other side of the river from each other, but still we live close enough that I'm like, God, I cannot believe I don't run into him all the time. And I sometimes get nervous. This is, I didn't plan on saying this, but I get nervous about running into him because I've gained, again, I don't, it doesn't matter, but I've probably gained like 30 pounds over the pandemic. And to me, I wonder like, what does that mean for our dynamic? Like, would he think that, what would he think about me gaining weight? Would he still be attracted to me? Would he still, because every time we run into each other, there's this like electric, like, oh my God, hey, we're like, what's up? And we both know we're like, oh fuck, we know where this is going to go. <laughs> we know we're both going to get ourselves into trouble. Um, and I would feel very robbed of my power if I did run into him and he was like, oh, what's up? Or like, or if even in my imagination, you know, like cause I, my insecurities can kind of run wild sometimes. But if I felt like he was like less pulled into that toxic tornado we have because of the way I look, like it, because in my opinion, it's like, oh, well, like I probably is more attracted to me before. But, you know, I don't know that. And it's some, it's a thought I get caught up in. And it's like what it really is is he has this power over me. He's not the only one. Like, there's other guys, too. He's just one that um, I thought about yesterday. I've, like, I thought I saw him, and I was like, oh, fuck. I wanted to, like, run across the street and act like I didn't see him. And I was like, why, why is that such a, like, a who cares? I bar- It was barely even a thing. I don't think about him that often, but whenever I do, I get so nervous. I'm like, oh, God, what if that's him? And I'm like, who fucking cares? But it's a power dynamic. That's what trips me up. That's when I lose myself in certain situations. Like, that's when I psycho rage text someone at 3 a.m. something like drunk and stupid because I'm like I lost my sense of power this I get sucked in it's not it's not this it's not shoulders fault (laughs) it's not his fault at all this is something that I can heal and grow from just completely on my own and that's something I'm realizing and something that is helping me instead of being that person who shifts your power through all these different interactions like oh this person is servicing me and they fucked up great fuck them what are you doing you're stupid let me speak to your manager blah oh great that makes me walk away and feel powerful yeah that makes you a fucking asshole first of all second of all it's just like you then will go into if you look at life like that like power is able to shift that much then there are plenty of interactions that will do the same thing you just did to someone else to you. If you think that power is that um, interchangeable and if you treat power, I mean, it can be, it really can. But if you treat power as, as such, I think that that's very, there's, I think there's a lot of karmic um, energy behind that. And I think by doing that, you are inviting situations that will make you feel powerless. Like full, uh, full confession here I really in the height of my eating disorder used to really look at people who gained weight and be like wow that's like so sad because I can't even believe I'm actually saying that out loud but it really that's how mean I was to myself in my head I was such a fucking bitch to myself in the mirror when I was like wow I've lost like this much weight I'm so much more this now I literally thought I was more interesting I thought it was more fun to be around like it was very toxic and I would look at other people like that too it feels like wild to admit that but truly like that's how internalized that whole 
um, the power of that, the power of being thin in my head was such like I felt more, um, it, it varied from situation to situation, but there was definitely a power dynamic behind that. So I'm starting to understand breaking all that down and something I really, as usual, I'm not sure if I'm articulating this all really well, but I am starting to learn that the way to balance this out, this roller coaster of I have power over them, they have power over me, I have power over them, they have power over me. It's just dizzying and I want off of the ride and I'm ready to feel more stable sense of power within myself. Um, I just told myself the other day that like if I act as though every single day in and day out, whether I'm with someone or not, that my power is the same all the time, like just treating my power as a constant, I think that's going to really help kind of really pump the brakes on this roller coaster of up, down, backwards, sideways, frontwards, forwards, especially when I'm in a crowd and I'm like kind of assessing like, where do I stand in this room? And like, wh- where am I in terms of like money or my job or Instagram followers or how many people are texting me or DMing or whatever? Like, I mean, there's limitless amount of things that we can all calculate in our heads and measure up against each other. And like, I just am so sick of doing that. And like, I don't say that from like a moral high ground of like, you know, I'm just like really have evolved past it. I'm just so sick of the lows from that is what it really is. Those games are dizzying and I'm sick of the when you play that game oh bitch bitch one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs um which I'm sure this is like a quote that she's just injecting into her songs because she's a lyrical genius thank you so much don't even get me started is play stupid games you win stupid prizes fucking exactly that bitch exactly that if you play stupid comparison games the prizes you win are so motherfucking empty like I remember when I really summer of 20,000 20,000 hello math numbers 2019 catch me one episode saying one episode ago saying I have this energy with numbers then saying 20,019 thank you so much um (laughs) I really do though but summer of 2019, I really was in the best shape of my life. It broke my fucking brain when pe- when guys didn't want to be with me. I was like, wait, excuse me. <laughs> in my head, I thought like that my body was the reason people didn't want to be with me. Like anytime I had experienced rejection, I blamed my body for it. So when I like, quote, air quote, fixed my body, I was like, excuse me. Why are people still rejecting me? This is not <laughs> two plus two equals four. And this plus this does not equal rejection, not rejection. <laughs> um, and even when like, honestly, shoulders is one of the hottest guys I've ever been with in my life. Um, and I was, I would feel like I'm like, wow, I like, I would look at him and be like, that's wild that like, we're, I mean, I would never say we were together. That would be a joke. But I was like, damn, he's like so fucking hot. Why? I can't even believe that. I felt a power behind like, dang, he's hot as fuck and he wants to be with me. Except he didn't. He would only text me late at night. Um, (laughs) Oh my God, there's like a real trend going around that's like when he uses me and only texts me when he's drunk, but then it's like the music changes and it's like, but he's using me and texting me when he's drunk. (laughs) But really the lows of that whole game play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I'm fucking sick of stupid prizes because I really do like, 
let my insecurities run the show a lot of the time. And the pandemic has really helped me slow down. And I think it's helped a lot of us. And for anyone else who's kind of like examining the stupid games they play, uh, same. So something that's helping me really just pump the brakes and instill again with your dankums. Thank you, Wickums. Um, I like, you know, it's something that can really instill some balance into this part of your life if you're looking for that kind of thing. You ha- act as though you have the same power at all time. Your power is a constant. Um, it's It's been an interesting exercise, I must say. Um, like I have been kind of hiding in my clothes at work. Like I really like being in hoodies right now. <laughs> Sweatpants are all that fit me right now. Uh, mean girls moment for me there, but that is kind of my, a lot of my clothes don't fit me and I'm not really in the mood to buy a bunch of new clothes. I bought certain things because I'm like, I deserve to have clothes that fit, but I just feel really comfortable in hoodies. And I, um, it's a daily record. Are you hydrated yet? <laughs> it really is a daily. I'm uh, so much better. My body image is the best it's ever been in my life. I really mean that, but it still is a long process of recovering like just accepting my body at a different size. And some days I'm like, fucking whatever. I look, I look how I look. I'm still a bad bitch. Other days I'm like, you know what? I just don't really feel like facing my body today and that's okay. Um, but I, uh, have been hiding in hoodies a lot and it's just getting fucking hot here. It literally overnight got 84 degrees. I was like, wow, excuse me. So I wore a sweatshirt to work and like jeans and I was so motherfucking hot. I literally thought I was going to pass out like three times. So I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to wear shorts to work for the first time. And it was like scary, (laughs) but I went to work and was like, you know what? I don't have to focus on how I look. I really can, I have great energy. I I really, I must say a lot of my tables are like, bitch, you're so fun. I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. You are so fun. Like I have a lot of fun at work. I really do. It's just this fun exercise with me of like, A, can I remember everyone's drink orders? It's just, I'm busy. It's a lot of like fun, busy work. Um, and I just like laugh with my tables, literally taught three different tables about the pineapple backs. It was such like, I laugh hysterically so much at work and I just really love that. And, um, I went in and I was like, I'm not going to keep looking myself in the mirror. I'm not going to keep checking it. I'm just, you know, whatever these shorts fit and that's great. And I just was walking around and reminded myself all day, like walk in the same power, that you had that you feel in your leggings to fit really well. Um, and yeah, it, it was refreshing and did instill quite a bit of balance into my day. Something else that I don't know. I mean, this really might not apply to anyone to everyone. I mean, but I put my full length mirror away. I've done this before and I wasn't able to, it didn't stick for long enough, but I put it away probably like three weeks ago. Um, I have, an appointment this week to go over the blood work that I got done. I have major gut health issues right now. I am truly in the worst shape of my life internally and externally. Like I, my body feels like such shit. I can't get over it. Um, I am bloated all the time and I won't get into it cause it's very negative, but I literally cry every other day about it. It's very frustrating, but I'm getting answers and I'm super excited. So while I'm going through this and it's been like a month long process of since I first talked to this professional, I'm like, you know what? It's making this more frustrating when I look at how my clothes fit and like whatever, like, you know what? What's important is that I'm going to feel better and I'm going to learn more about how my gut health works and things like that. I was like, I do not want 
weight loss to be a big focus. Like I even told her, I was like, listen, I have a history of disordered eating. I do not feel comfortable weighing myself or counting calories for, you know, for me personally, those are boundaries that I've set. And uh, for myself, it doesn't, you know, I know it doesn't work for everybody, but I cannot do those two things. And she was like, oh yeah, no worries. We'll put that in your file. Like, do not worry about that at all. I was like, awesome. So anyways, um, I did not want weight to be such a focus. Um, I just want to focus more on how I feel. And that's how I even discovered that I have such huge gut health issues as I stopped obsessing so much over like, oh, I'm going to be skinny. I'm like, you know, I just want to feel good. Like I really do. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of feel like fucking shit. And I've been numbing myself out from like how like I've normalized how horrible my body feels a lot. So uh, gosh, this is a bit of a rant. But so I put my full length mirror away about a month ago. And because I was going psycho waiting for these results. And I was like, I don't want to spend this time. It just feels like not the opposite of self-care to sit and like tempt myself with obsessing over how I look all the time. And it's like, obviously, I still have like other mirrors in my house, but they're not. They're just kind of like check in mirrors like, all right, what's that? Like I don't spend a lot of time in my bathroom mirror. Uh, I have like a big circle West Elm or like a Target. Target does a great West Elm impression. Let me tell you that. But I have like a little circle target mirror uh, in my front room by my door. And uh, it's helped me a lot because I'm like, oh, well, what if I need it to like match shoes? I'm like, I don't. I wear the same three pairs of shoes all the fucking time. I could put this away for a couple months. And it's been very refreshing and it has helped me neutralize my power. You don't have more power in the days that you feel thinner. You don't have more power if your jeans fit better. Your power is just a constant and it's just the same all of the time. Except when shitty governments try to trample over it. Hopefully we'll make some progress on that at some point in our lifetime. You know what? I'm actually going to save my other angry spice bit for another episode, for the next episode. I promise I will say that. I will talk about the date. Oh my God, it was atrocious. Like truly, I was telling Tyler about it the next day and he was like, oh my God. He's like, I'm so sorry that your dating pool is that. (laughs) It's not all that, but still, he was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, yeah, this date was pretty bad actually. Um, So I will tell my other angry spice bit as well as the date story because my other angry spice bit, this fucking man at one of the tables I had yesterday got me fucked up. Like, Ooh, I was stock raving mad. Um, and I have a lot to say about it, actually, because, uh, oof. Uh, but that's for next time. So here's the thing. If you are really into podcasts and you're trying to get your friends into podcasts, I literally had a fake list. You know, they're like, people say you should really watch this movie. Okay, yeah, I'll add it to my list. There is no list. I'll never watch it. That's how I was with podcasts for a really long time. I was like, I don't get how people listen and focus like an audiobook. I don't know if I could do I just read like really dense like self-help books and I feel like I always want to sit and like highlight everything so I don't think audiobooks are really up my alley for this season of my life but if someone's sitting there and they're like oh my god girl me and my boyfriend got in a fight let me hold on it was a whole text convo let me read you the whole conversation I'm like no 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 do not read it to me. I will zone out within seconds of the first sentence. So I always am like, let me, let me just read it. I absorb things a lot more by reading. So I never thought that podcasts were for me. But as, I swear, as soon as you just find a podcast you get into, like if you're listening to this one, maybe this one's one you maybe vibe with. I don't know if you're this far into the episode. It feels like maybe you vibe with it a little bit. Um, but I just got into it because I was like, the I listened to You Up 
uh, with Jared Freed and Jordana Abraham. I fucking love that podcast so much. And then Jared has his own podcast called J Train. Those are my favorite podcasts. And they're how I got into this whole thing. Um, because they just felt like my friends. I had moved to Chicago. I didn't know anybody. I knew two people that I met both of them once. And I was like, I just didn't really have friends. And they felt like my friends. I had so many episodes to binge on. And it was so fun. Um, and it was easy to listen to. Like I would do it when I was on a walk or when I was in the grocery store or sometimes when I was be working out or kind of maybe waking up or doing getting ready, my morning routine, things like that. Um, and if you're trying to get your friends into podcasts, you're like, listen, I love this crime podcast. I have this murder one you're going to love. Like that's how people try to get me into it. And like that, I need to relook at that because now that I'm into podcasts and I know how to listen to them, like I know when to try and try a podcast on, um, it's not because it's not like if you're trying to sit and do work, I don't think it's a good time to do podcasts because you're not really going to unless you work at a job where you're able to sit and kind of zone out for several minutes at a time. Uh, flashback to me in the corporate world zoning out constantly. Um, <laughs> then uh, I just think that that's maybe not the best time to get into a podcast. Um, but if you're trying to get your friends into podcasts, I'm long winded today. Long winded Meg. Then here's the deal. We still have Big Fuck Yeah Energy Mondays, same segments as they were before when these were mini episodes, but they're all going to be at the end. So here's what we're going to do. If you're trying to get your, maybe if your friend's having a bad week and you're like, hey, if you need a little pick me up, there's this podcast to listen to. And if you fast forward to minute, whatever the hell, second, whatever the hell, then it's just this nice little five to 10 minute segments, um, segment cluster that's just light, bright, and fun. Uh, send them, send that to them. You know what? We'll keep it from them. We'll just keep it between you and I here. We'll, we'll, we'll make the marker for them to start in a, in, a, in a minute or so from now, but just, just you and I, let's trick your friends. Let's send this to them. Let's trick them into liking podcasts. Okay. That way, if you like my podcast, honestly, love that so much. I am in love with you. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're like, I wish my friends would listen to this. I wish I could talk to my friends about the things in this episode. Let's trick them. <laughs> Let's trick them into liking the sound of my voice. Um, and then maybe, you know, they'll listen to one or two Biff Yams, uh, Big Fuck Yeah Energy Mondays, little endings, little segment clusters. And then maybe they're like, you know what? Maybe I'll try a full episode on. And then they'll be like, bitch, did you fucking hear about Megan's date? What a fucking loser that guy was. And you'll be like, I know. So let's trick them. Are you ready? Hold my hand. Okay, now let's text them to start right here. Welcome to Big Fuck Yeah Energy Monday. Let's get right to it. We keep these light, we keep these bright, and we keep them moving. First segment is Weekend Extension, where we bring that fuck yeah energy right on into the week with you. Okay, so I work at a bar, and I was, there was a table of three or four guys and three or four girls. They were having such a fun night. I could tell it was around like 11 or 12 at night. And I could tell they had a really fun night out. Great group. And I came over. We were laughing. Every time I came back, we were all like in a conversation and laughing. I had enough time. I wasn't like so busy that I could sit and talk with them, which was so fun. And meanwhile, my uh, table behind me, who was probably waiting on something that I forgot for them, was watching me live my best life. Laughing and carrying on with them. But I digress. So we're sitting there and they're all dying laughing over something they're showing each other on their phone and they're arguing. They're like, no, it's not sexy, blah. And I was like, all right, what are we, what are we talking about here? And they show me one of the couples there, um, this guy and this girl. The guy was like, look at this picture. And her friend, her girlfriend was like, 
She has a shower cap and look, it's incredible. And they showed me a picture of her. Like she took a selfie of her in her shower cap and sent it to like their group chat. And I was like, it's functional. It's nice. I love a functional queen. Yes. And the boyfriend was like, okay, it's functional, but it's not sexy. And I like wasn't even being a bitch when I said it. I was being playful with him, but I really whipped my head around so fast and was like, how about women don't always have to be sexy and we can actually be functional sometimes. We don't just exist to be sexy. I swear I didn't say it in such like a way, but it just was like the timing of it. He honestly was floored. The whole group erupted and was like, damn, like you just fucked him up. And I looked at him. I was like, listen, my guy, you teed that right up for me. I, I had to say it. And he's like, wow, fuck. Okay. Yeah, uh, you're right. Okay, you you literally just schooled me. <laughs> I kind of did. And then I like got him a shot and it was fun. I was like, listen, we're buds, we're buds. But um, yeah, I think the weekend energy that we can all take into the week is as if you just motherfucking roasted someone effortlessly. Like it really just turned my head and roasted him. And the group took it so well. He was a good sport about it. I just loved that. It, it happens so rarely when you are quick enough to think of a comeback for something um, and for it also to be received really well. That was It was just a real nice home run. And uh, I think that I've only had a handful of those moments in my life. I'm just going to start, you know, believing I can attract more of those because that was fucking vibes. So let's take that energy into the week that you just fucking burned someone in it. You nailed it. Okay. Next, next uh, little bit here. Cringe corner. I don't do these every week. Okay. But every now and then when I think of something, I think it's really humanizing when you hear the things like the embarrassing stories. Again, not the deep stuff. There are real serious things that keep us up at night. Uh, we validate those. But this is not the space for that. This is a space for embarrassing shit that you're like, you hear someone talk about and you're like, dude, it. I swear, like I lose sleep over that still. <laughs> and you're like, oh, come on. Like, it's it's not that bad. It's fine. Um, so my cringe corner, it, it, it humanizes the experience of being embarrassed makes me remember that like what I think is so embarrassing and I'm like, oh God, like when you think about something and you start to sweat a little bit, like especially like the your cheeks right next to your nose just start to bead with sweat. You're like, oh God, I forgot about that. I'd like to forget about it. Whatever. You know what? We all have moments like that. It's part of being alive. So my cringe corner episode that will make us all feel better and remember that nothing really matters. I like forgot. I forget what made me think of this the other day. There's someone who, uh, I don't know how to be vague. I was trying to be vague on here without ever blasting anybody. There's like a famous person who is going through a breakup right now. And a uh, famous-ish person who's going through a breakup right now. And it's kind of secretive, but it's starting to come out. And this girl I know literally DM'd me. She was like, hey, I know you like are obsessed with this person too. Do you know that so-and-so and so and their significant other broke up and I was like shut the fuck up and she's like you know what's also so wild is that I was kind of snooping and started following her and dm'd her because she got a new place and I was like oh my god girl like this is amazing killer place good for you and she liked it and replied like thanks boo or something like that and then alluded to the ex alluded kind of vaguely to a breakup and my friend d like replied to that in a DM and said something like, dang, that's so shocking. I'm so sorry. And the ex fucking laid into this DM with 
paragraphs about this famous-ish person. And I was like, and she's like, bitch, can you fucking believe I literally just got, I was looking, I was snooping for the tea and I got absolutely drowned in it. Like (laughs) how incredible I love when women support other women. <laughs> I'm just, I don't even really know whose side I'm on. I don't really know enough about the details and I don't know them personally, so I can't speak on it. But I just, wow. And I remembered that this famous-ish person, I once was at a show. Okay, this 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 famous-ish person is a comedian. And I forgot that I was so motherfucking drunk. Like I got my whole group of friends. I was like, guys, we should go. This would be really fun. And I was like so excited. I, that's when I always get the drunkest is when I'm excited. Like every time a group of my friends are in town or we're all getting to, or I'm in a different city and it's like, oh my God, we're only together for this weekend. Or like I'm excited or my brother's in town or something like that. I just get ramped up and like my excited drunks are usually when I get myself in the most trouble because I just like, I'm like, bah, bah, bah. so I was very excited, got very drunk and somehow like a person in the audience is one of those like kind of interactive things and the person in the audience whose question who, who's um submitted something to be talked about in the special they were sitting right the fuck in front of us oh that's my oven going off I just preheated it for a DiGiorno stuffed crust and uh so I'll wrap this up <laughs> gotta get to that but they, the couple was right in front of us and I was so drunk that I was like shaking my head like no nah, but like kind of like telling my friends probably I guess pretty loudly like what I thought about the whole thing and he noticed me behind them and was like what does your annoying friend think well let's you know obviously she's got something to say so why don't we see what she thinks and I was like oh my god me <laughs> I could not even believe it and I was like embarrassed but couldn't believe this person was talking to me. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so annoying friend, how long have you known this girl who we're talking about? And I go, I don't know her. And like the whole, everyone erupted in laughter at me. And he was like, he doubled down on it. He was like, of fucking course, you don't even know her. You're that annoying. And I was like, oh my God. But as embarrassing as it was, I still was like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't, oh my God, he just like talked to me, oh my God, I can't believe it. And it was really fun. And I mean, the jokes he made about me were pretty funny. Um, comedic timing was completely unmatched. And I, I don't know what made me think about that, but I started, my face started sweating. I was like, Jesus Christ, that was embarrassing. He thinks I'm annoying. But you know what? He probably wouldn't if he met me in real life, or maybe he would. And, you know, that's fine. Life goes on. Uh, so that's my cringe corner for the week. That's something that makes my asshole sweat here and there when I think about it. Next segment, affirmation situation. I actually am borrowing this from someone I follow on Instagram. Her name is Lucy Littman, but her her hash not her hashtag, her handle is Lucia Littman, L-U-C-I-A. L-I-T-M-A-N. She said she does these cute little, she'll do like a watercolor painting and then do these beaded letters on top of it. I have always loved her artwork so much. It's really resonated with me. Um, And so she did one just this evening that says, do things at your own pace. I recently quit my job, my corporate job in March on what I can only describe as a gut feeling. 52% of me was like, yeah, this is the right move. The other 48% of me was like ringing every alarm and every bell being like, bitch, I don't know. I don't think we should do this. Like, what the fuck are we going to do for money? Um, 
And I did it. And it's, I really was like, this is part of why I moved to Chicago too. I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I know I don't want to do what I'm doing. So I'm going to go move to Chicago and figure out who I am. And I've been doing that. Like, you know, I've gone through a lot of ups and downs and bumps. And I've said like, I'm opening a spin studio and then I'm doing this. And now I'm working at bars, but now I'm back in corporate America. And it's like, I was all over the place. I felt all over the place for a while. Um, it public perception of it doesn't bug me as much. Like I, I just personally have felt like, all right, what the fuck, what the fuck am I doing? And you know what? It's just been like a process of trusting myself to figure this out at my own pace. I really did move here to figure out who I am and what I want. And I have learned a lot about what I do not want to be and who I am not. Um, and that is, you know, like when I quit my job again, um, in March, there was another big step I made. I was like, I just... I know I'm not meant to be doing this. And that feeling was very strong. And I was like, also just my stress levels have been off off the charts bad. And like, again, I'm in the, like the worst shape of my life. My have a lot of gut health issues. I just like, I'm running myself through the ringer and I know it. And I was like, I got to take my stress levels more seriously. It was another huge part of why I quit. Um, and it has not just gotten better right away. I really was like, I'll quit. I'll take my stress levels more seriously. I'll do this and this. And like, I'll kind of just get my body back to a level that feels comfortable. Like I just will not feel like I need to have explosive diarrhea three times a week. I'll figure that out. Like it's probably all stress. And it's been a slow process. Um, I really have taken some time to allow myself space to figure this out. And I sometimes when I catch up with people, especially people I used to work with at that job, they're like, well, how, how are you doing now? Like, I have so many people in my life who believe in me. And that is such a privilege. Like, I believe in me too. But it's just really cool. The synchronicity of the synchronicity of having another person be like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, you're going to do awesome at whatever you do. Like, it's just those guys are kind of friends. I feel really lucky to have a bushel of them. Um, and so they'll be like, dude, what are you up to now? Like, what, what's up? Like, didn't you, you know, you're starting a company I heard. I'm like, what are you doing now? You got a podcast? Like, what, what's going on? And um, I feel this pressure to be like, I haven't figured out. I'm going to do this now. And I'm like, okay, I am doing certain things. I am starting a small business that's going to take me a long time to, you know, start and launch and do all these things. But uh, I have the podcast that I love. I love doing this. And I, I you know, I'm, feel this pressure to say like, and I'm going to do this with my life now. And like, I don't have like a concrete answer um, on that yet. And I'm more and more okay with just being like, yeah, I'm like fucking vibing and really figuring it out and under getting more back to like the center of who I am. And that feels great. And um, I've finally, when I finally gave myself the space to do things on my own, I, I you know, I'm stealing her words of that. It really just put words on a feeling I've not been able to describe for months I really have been doing things at my own pace and allowing myself like, okay, you know what? Like I've been, I've had an issue for a long time with scrolling Instagram so fucking much. And I'm like, it was the first thing I said to my therapist in our very first session. I was like, I cannot stop fucking scrolling Instagram all day long when I'm supposed to be working. And I just, I don't know how to stop. And I was like, okay, I kind of thought that would stop after I quit my job because I thought I was just burying myself in it because I didn't want, I didn't like my life. But I was like, it didn't. And it's a habit that I've had to work pretty hard at stopping and something I started recently you know what it's a tip I'll give next episode let me write this down okay like I said four episodes left in the season two are planned two are not just added that to the docket for next episode um, I have a little bit of a tip for figuring out the Instagram scroll hack but you know as soon as I just gave myself enough space to be like listen bitch just fucking live your life stop putting so much pressure on yourself to 
release all these issues that you thought were attached to this job. And as soon as I did, I've, I've been able to slow down enough the past, especially the past two weeks. I have randomly like learned a lot about breath work in the past year and have learned that when I'm stressed, I need to just get outside and go on a stupid walk and fucking breathe and figure it out and just get back into my body because, you know, you are your own best healer and you know how to breathe through things. And it's just very powerful to learn how to belly breathe through things. Anyways, it's a whole other ordeal. But I've just had these moments of clarity in times when I was not even really looking for an answer on something. I was just like chilling and I was like, huh, okay, um, you know what? I'm actually not going to do this and that this summer. Like I was, I mean, I guess I'll just say, use this as an example. I was going to try to be a spin instructor this summer. And for reasons I can't explain yet, uh, all of a sudden one day, I just clicked like five days ago. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that this summer. I think I'm going to be kind of overloading myself and I can wait. I can do that in a year. I really loved doing that before and I want to pick it up again eventually, but I think I'd be kind of overdoing it and I would kind of push myself over the edge and have too many things on my plate and I had no idea that I was up in the air about that so do things at your own pace stop letting the perceived pressure that you feel from others or you know different expectations like that gets heavy mentally so I know I needed that reminder for myself do things at your own pace but just in case you needed that reminder you know there's actually a Steve Jobs quote uh, about this that really resonated with me. This is a quote I wrote down when I was at my corporate job that I really felt like I was not meant to be at. Um, I wrote it down to try and like get myself out of a spiral one day. I'm really big into writing down quotes and I, I keep it on my desk. So it's if you just sit and observe, you will see how restless your mind is. If you try to calm it, it only makes it worse. But over time, it does calm. And when it does, there's room to hear more subtle things. That's when your intuition starts to blossom and you start to see things more clearly and be in the present more. Your mind just slows down and you see a tremendous expanse in the moment. You see so much more than you could see before. Steve Jobs said that. Um, I probably wrote this on the absolute heels of quitting, like probably days before I actually quit this job because I just wrestled so much back and forth with like god fucking damn it's the middle of a not the middle of a pandemic but like the end of a pandemic I'm like I cannot quit my job this is really stupid but I was like but I fucking know I just am not supposed to be here it was this overwhelming not overwhelming gut feeling because it wasn't like a clear this is what I should do I was just like every day though it was like just this knocking at this door that just kind of just kept getting louder and louder and it wasn't disruptive but I noticed it and I was like, God, what is that? <laughs> so anywho, do things at your own pace. Slow yourself down enough. Uh, let your mind uh, notice how restless your mind gets and the things that just run, run miles across your brain. Um, and if it's really worth all that footwork, something I have to remind myself to regularly take a look at. And if you need the same, then this is your reminder. Because what do we say? Affirmation situation exists because we all forget who the fuck we are sometimes we could all use a reminder next segment and last segment of the day is store-bought serotonin these are just fun little ideas for happiness because remember if you can't make your own neurotransmitters store-bought is fine I want to take this opportunity for this segment to actually talk about Olivia Rodrigo's new album I know that I'm like the millionth person to talk about this but if you have not given it a listen holy shit she bodied this album like absolutely knocked this out of the park I really feel it struck me in such a different way because it doesn't seem like she's writing these things just to be 
popular or to gain traction. It just feels like these raw, vulnerable thoughts that I couldn't even believe she wrote down and admitted. Some of them are like, just like, I don't know how to parallel park. And people are like, oh my God, relatable. But like some of this shit is deep and brave of her to just say and use in her art. Like, oh, bitch. I'm not even all the way through it. But the first song, Brutal, holy shit. Throw this album on, even if she's not really your style. I think that anyone can appreciate the lyrical art of just completely bearing these thoughts that you think that swirl around in your head at night when you're trying to fall asleep but you can't and putting them into an album and being like oh listen yeah this is what I actually think about (laughs) and just such a full ownership of these thoughts I think is wildly poetic and inspiring and feels like such fuck it I have nothing to lose kind of energy when she maybe does perceivably have things to lose just acting like you don't is the fucking coolest thing so if you it's a little I guess it's a whole album is about heartbreak and breakup and you know that some big Disney channel I don't know all the details about the breakup I know the driver's license song was about this guy um I don't know all the TikTok Gen Z drama behind it necessarily but this album is complete motherfucking talent And I think everyone could throw it on for a little bit of serotonin, even though it's quite sad songs, but passionate and raw expression. That is all that I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to Since Nobody Asked, Big Fuck Yeah Energy Mondays. I hope you have an incredible rest of your week and I'll see you next Monday.